0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. I just can't wait till Christmas time. Oh, well, there it is. Mistress for Christmas. Off the Razor's Edge. So on the Razor's Edge, on one hand you have Thunderstruck, an all-time classic. And on the other hand, you have Mistress for Christmas. An all-time Christmas classic. An all-time Christmas classic, (laughs) especially on this show. It is 7.06. It's Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. Well, now now Christmas is complete. Now everybody can enjoy their Christmas. They've heard heard Mistress for Christmas on Inside Sports. Truly an honour. NHL tonight, after two, Devils lead the Senators 5-2 early third period capitals up 1 nothing on the sabers and just getting underway the blackhawks and the avalanche the oilers will play the lightning tomorrow more on that in about 40 seconds here 5 minutes left in the fourth quarter the raptors are leading the cavaliers 108 101 It is Kawhi Leonard with 32 points for the Raptors tonight who are without four regulars, including Kyle Lowry. But uh, Kawhi Leonard 11 for 15 from the floor tonight. Raptors up 108-101 on the Cavs in the fourth quarter. All right, I uh, appreciate the uh, Merry Christmas messages coming in on the text line to six thirty six thirty. Definitely Merry Christmas back to everybody listening tonight. Really appreciate that you're taking the time to tune in. And the Oilers will play the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow on Friday. Their director of broadcasting is Matt Salmon. Matt, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Doing well,
1: Reed, and I'm glad to be pouring a little extra coffee this uh, Western Canadian road trip, uh, having some very entertaining games to watch back home here.
0: Yeah, I'll say. Well, hopefully it's another good one uh, tomorrow between the Lightning and, and the Oilers. But, well, let's start there. I, I mean, what a game last night against the Flames. They they come back, they have the lead, the Flames tie it late, and then what an overtime, what a shootout. That was one of the better games of the year, I thought.
1: Oh, absolutely, and it's so funny. I know when the Lightning got down 3-1 in the first period, some fans were obviously grumbling. The Lightning were a little flat-footed to start the game. But I remember... All the strange games the Lightning has had in the Saddledome <laughs> over the years, and never mind the '04 4 Cup Final. I mean, some of the regular season games, even in the last few years, have been a little crazy and back and forth and end on some thrilling fashion, sometimes for the Lightning, sometimes for the Flames. But, yeah, this team has found ways to certainly make games entertaining, but uh, also stay in the game. So you don't want to fall behind two goals in, in every situation you're in. But nothing really phases this team right now. And even if you're down two goals, even if you have a rough start, they're finding ways to pull out victories or at least get a point in the overtime loss and uh, keep things going and, and keep them in the top spot and not only the, the division and the conference, but the NHL as well.
0: You know, they, they just seemed I mean, watching the shootout, I was like, oh, yeah, no, he's, oh, he still hasn't gone. Oh, yeah, he still hasn't gone. I <laughs> I mean, they just seem to have so much firepower, and and, and every line has, well, maybe not every line. I don't know what you'll say about the fourth line, but there's certainly three lines that you feel like they can hurt you. Yeah,
1: well, and even the fourth line has been doing some damage, too, and not just in the physical sense, like most fourth lines. But uh, prior to Ryan Callahan's most recent bumps and bruises, you had Cedric Paquette and Callahan, and for much of the season, Simjee Miller on that fourth line. And how about that? That's a guy that's the top six anywhere else. And he could certainly play a top six role, as he did last night, starting the game out with uh, Steven Stamkos on the top line. But uh, whether it's uh, Paquette and Callahan or Miller, or we've sometimes seen uh, Adam Ernie in there, we've seen Matthew Joseph as well. Uh, You've got a pretty interesting mix of forwards that John Cooper's been able to mix and match. And I think one reason why you saw a little bit of line shuffling last night, you know, compared to the previous two or three weeks worth of games, is that Braden Point and Johnny Gort have cooled off just a little bit. So he moved the pieces around a little bit. And, and what do you know? Steven Stamkos coming up with a couple of key goals. But, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing the mixing and matching and the depth that this team has, uh, in the forward position. Uh, same with the defensive pairings, but uh, with the forwards, uh, John Cooper's been able to just move a piece here or there and whatever line he's trying to ignite, it comes to life once again and uh, we've seen that you know it's not just on one line it's not just on one or two players you're getting contributions from all four lines and for the most part five on five this team is not giving up a ton of goals either
0: matt salmon from the tampa bay lightning radio network joining us on inside sports oilers and lightning tomorrow night incredible consistency from the Lightning. I mean, was it once all year they've lost back-to-back regulation games?
1: Yeah. And that's uh, another thing that bodes well for this team is that not only have they kept the losing streaks to a minimum, just in total number of streaks, but also number of games that they've lost in back-to-back situations. And it's very reminiscent, not only of last year, they were able to do that for the most part. But going back to the Cup run in 2014, know, 15, they didn't lose three games in a row until, unfortunately, the last three games of the Stanley Cup final. Uh, so, if you're able to keep those losing streaks to one or two games, then you don't see, and you see it with a lot of other teams. You know, they go lose these five, six, seven game good. and the parity in the league is just so tight right now that. Uh, you, you know, if you go on a five- to six-game winning streak, you're right back at the top of your division. But if they go in the other direction with that main games, all of a sudden you're falling behind three or four teams and you're scratching and clawing your way back. I think all you have to do is look back at the Atlantic Division standing like two weeks ago. You know, Buffalo and Toronto were still very hot and the Lightning were just starting to heat up. You know, the Lightning would go three days in between games and Buffalo and Toronto would play a couple of games each. And you could fall from first to third just by standing still. It wasn't, it wasn't your fault. Uh, so, you know, you got to keep those losing strikes short. They've been able to do that. Uh, they've been able to put together some very lengthy win streaks. In fact, they have an eight-game win streak going into uh, the game in Vancouver and are riding an 11-game point streak right now. And, well, you can bag away those points now because if you do hit that funk later on in the season, You've at least got a, enough of a cushion to where uh, it's not going to ruin your season. It just it truly is a bump in the road.
0: All right, Matt. Let me throw you th- this one at you then, and this this might be the stupid question of the night because they're twenty two seven and two and eight points ahead of the two teams tied for second in the overall standings, but they you know they haven't quite been able to to win the cup despite a lot of good teams in recent years. Is there a weakness this year? Is there that little bug where you worry? Huh? Okay. What if? What if this happens? Or is there a little vulnerable spot?
1: You know, it's it's fun. Let me first address the. You know, they're doing great, and you're the number one team in the league. Yet there's still some growth out. And I thought uh, Tom Galletti, who's a writer for NHL.com, made an excellent point. On Twitter I want to say a couple weeks ago and he said you know the Lightning are the Capitals this season now that's not to say that the Lightning will win the Cup this season but that would be nice but this team's legacy and certainly this season and this window of opportunity that the team has had over the last five or six years is going to be defined in the playoffs and if you're losing in game seven of the conference final again then you're going to start getting that loser tag. And, and, you know, the Capitals dealt with it for a long time. Alex Ovechkin dealt with it for a long time. And we certainly hope that doesn't transfer over to the Lightning, and in particular, Steven Stamkosch. You know, the great player who was really, really good at what he did, played for some of teams, but eh, not a champion. Hopefully that doesn't transfer over. And I think that this team is a little perturbed by the notion that they've been the bridesmaid an awful lot over the last few seasons, and I think you're seeing a determination not just with the players, but you're seeing it with the coaches too. You know, John Cooper's been a little quicker on the trigger to make line changes, to make adjustments, to kind of stay ahead of the curve and keep things fresh. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the season. As for needs, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that if you can get a veteran depth defenseman, that's always a good thing. There's there's nothing wrong with depth on defense, and that's with a team that's already pretty deep. Right now they've got eight defensemen. Slater Cuckoo uh, will only see the ice if somebody opens up a freezer for him. It's been a tough road for him. Um, right now they're kind of rotating through defensemen. Uh, you know, Everyone's getting a night off right now. So uh, it'll be an interesting balancing act, but it's never a bad thing to pick up one more defenseman. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they kick the tires on you know, just one more depth winger. You know, the team's been doing well with Danic Martel, and like I said, Matthew Joseph's been a very pleasant surprise for this team. But I think, Reed, you're just looking at depth right now. If you can get just one more body just to have at the ready for the battles of the playoffs and have somebody step up if somebody gets knocked out, that's really the only need. Because so right now, not only on paper, but certainly in the standings and on the ice, this is the best team we've seen since and hopefully we get the same results as we did that season.
0: Well, they're looking great. Hopefully it's an entertaining one going into the Christmas break here, Matt. It is always a pleasure to have you on the show. I just always enjoy talking to you. You're so generous with your time. Thank you very much, and have a Merry Christmas.
1: Thank you, Reed. You have a uh, Merry Christmas, a happy holiday season, and let me know when you're going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to watch Def Leppard accept their uh, induction into the hall because I know it's a big holiday for
0: you as well. Thanks again for having me on the show. All right, right on, Matt. He he loves the Def Leppard references as well. Matt's a great guy, director of broadcasting for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've been broadcasting a ton of wins this season. 27-7 and 10-0 and 1 in their last 11. Can the Oilers cool them off tomorrow at Rogers Place? We'll have the broadcast for you here on 630 Chad. 12 and a half minutes left in the second period. World Junior pre-tournament game. Canada leading Slovakia. Five Zip Canada in control of that one. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace repair and replacement experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit furnacefamily.com. What do we have here? Billy Idol. You're quiet. Is that better? Yes, that's much better. This is Billy Idol yelling oh, nice. at the Christmas tree. It's about his dad spending Christmas at the bar. Won't see him till next year. He's busy yelling at the Christmas well, we're tree. We're really rolling out the Christmas. Really spreading good it's the, cheer. It's the anti-Christmas Christmas. It's the anti-Christmas Christmas show. Well, not really. No, we're not no. anti-Christmas. No, not at all. Uh, I'll tell stuff. you what will happen, though. We, uh, we have inside sports tonight because we're doing it right now. We have the hockey game tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, then on uh, Boxing Day, we'll have the Best of Inside Sports, some of our favorite interviews from 2018. Dave and I put that together. It's going to be a lot of fun. We had a lot of uh, cool guests on the show. Then we got an Oilers game on the 27th. So the next uh, live Inside Sports will be, is that a week from today, Friday the 28th? Yeah, it is. Okay, that'll be cool. Now on Monday, we got uh, mostly regular Ched programming. I think stoffer has got a Best of Oilers now. Uh, But then at 6 o'clock, we go into the Christmas programming. So, oh, yeah. starting at six o'clock on uh, Christmas Eve until midnight on Christmas Day, it's just Brian Hall doing a one-man audio performance of a Christmas carol over wow. and over again. Yeah, I heard that he even found a way to sneak uh, "Mistress for Christmas" into the <laughs> <laughs> into the festivities. That's Brian over Hall, it plays over the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it <laughs> his oh. Favorite holiday class We're out of control. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, hey, I figure this is the time of year you can do an even weirder show than normal. Tis the season. Because people tend to get a little distracted. They're off going to Christmas parties, shopping, all the... Like, we may be down from our usual 14 listeners tonight, and if they are tuning in and hear something goofy, maybe they need a bit of a stress relief from the stress of Christmas. I tell you, I'm on my ninth rum and eggnog in here. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, in all seriousness, though, we have a great guest right now she is a, an awesome teen athlete here in edmonton she's this week 630 ched mvp presented by elite promotional marketing ryan santos also featured on global news this past 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 tuesday the video is in the mvp section on 630 ched.com and ryan gets under armor apparel courtesy of elite promotional marketing ryan welcome to inside sports how are you doing
2: I'm doing well, thanks, Reed. How
0: are you? I'm doing great. It's cool to have you on the show again. Uh, I, for for different reasons, I guess different titles. You were the Wayne Gretzky Award winner before. Now you're the 630 Chet MVP, but both because of of the work you do as an athlete and in school and in the community as well. So that's really cool. Let's start. Uh, update me with your hockey career. Are you playing midget now?
2: Yep, I'm um, playing my first year on a full girls team. I go to uh, a hockey academy this year. So it's something different, but still the game I love. So it's going well.
0: What position do you play? Center. Okay, and how do you feel your, your game has grown over the last few years, Ryan?
2: Um, I definitely keep working harder, trying to get faster, uh, smarter player. Just trying to work on my skills. Hopefully I can excel to the next level. Keep going, playing hockey for more years to come.
0: Uh, sorry is this the fir- you said the first time you've been on an all-female team yep so how does that change things for you has that been different for you not playing with boys or is it is it not that big a change
2: um it's a big of a change but not really in the same way just it's fun playing with all girls um just the competitive is still there just something different without all the guys but something i love so it's it's all fun
0: okay and you're also playing soccer this year yep who are you with there
2: uh, St. Albert Impact.
0: So uh, do you often have hockey and soccer on the same day? Tell me what your schedule is like uh, from day to day.
2: Um, Since I go to hockey school, we practice in the morning at 7.45. Uh, I go to school, we work out, and then depending on what time soccer practice is, I could catch catch to be on the pitch um, after school, but it just depends on the day.
0: Okay, so do you like being that busy?
2: Um, yeah, I've always, most winters I've been playing hockey and soccer. It's just, it's fun. I get a a good group of girls at hockey, and then I got to go soccer and see all those friends there. It's just a fun environment to be around, so it just makes it not seem as tiring as I bet it. It really is on the body, but it's fun.
0: Okay, and obviously I've heard you're doing pretty good in school. What can you tell me about that?
2: Um, just every day. Got to pay attention to the teachers. I know, uh, I definitely want to play in the university uh, play for a university hockey or soccer, so I know grades are important, so I've got to work hard there, try my best, so, yeah.
0: So you're already planning ahead, eh?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, and are you still doing, uh, was it coats for kids you were doing when we talked before?
2: Yep, yep, I'm still going along with that, just collecting coats every winter, just uh, giving back.
0: Now, wh- why do you like doing that? Why is that important to you?
2: Um. Well, I know. Um, my past years, I've obviously had to walk the bus. I just know it's super cold out, and I know that, especially without with our school programs going back to the mustard seed and just seeing all the different lifestyles that there we have in Edmonton and seeing that um, people may not have the right uh, winter apparel that we do walking outside. So, just something I really um, connected with, and I uh, just want to keep going along with
0: so what do you do for coats to kids do you actually go out and and collect or help organize give me a sense of uh of how you're involved with that
2: um well i always put a bit in my school so i let the kids at my school know to help uh donate their coats um yeah just i get my siblings uh involved and we just try to do our best collect as many coats as we can each winter
0: and do you ever get to deliver them to people who need them
2: um, unfortunately not, but, uh, I dropped them off at the page cleaners and it's, it's just a good feeling knowing that, uh, you're helping others around in the community, kids just like me. So it's it's nice.
0: Good stuff. Okay. Now, do you have any games coming up this weekend or is it slowing down for Christmas a little bit?
2: Yeah, unfortunately not. Christmas, we're on Christmas break right now. Uh, December was a pretty heavy month still for hockey. Every weekend we were busy. It was fun though. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, Ryan, I- I'm glad to hear you're doing well. You're-, you're doing well in sports, you're doing well in school, and-, and you're getting involved helping people in the community as well. So that is awesome stuff. You're uh, very deserving to be this week's 630 Chet MVP. And uh, the way things are going for you, we're probably going to talk again down the road. So I look forward to that.
2: Yeah, me as well. Thank you, Reed.
0: Right on. That is Ryan Santos checking in this week's 630 Chet MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. Man
2: Happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
0: MVP by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com, or you can fire me an email, inside sports at 630Ched.com. If you're in night, you will give him lots of
2: time to put some special toys under your tree.
0: Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, quick update of the scoreboard. Devils trying to close out the Senators. It's 5-2 New Jersey late. A minute left in the third. Capitals lead the Sabres 2-1. And about 13 minutes into the first period, Chicago up 1-0 on Colorado. The Raptors win... 126-110 over the Cavaliers. The fourth quarter was interesting in this one. The two teams combined for 81 points. The Cavs actually outscored the Raptors 41-40, but the Raptors with uh, the edge in the other three quarters, so they win that one to improve to 25 and 9 on the season. Oilers and Lightning tomorrow 6:30 face off show. The game will start at 8 right here on 6:30 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Well, we have a very special guest in studio and just quickly some some background as uh, as you know if you listen, we have uh, people who call in regularly and people who text in regularly and uh, you know you, as the host of the show, you feel like you Maybe relationships not the right word. I don't want to sound weird, but you feel like you get to know that aspect of of the person, how they are as a sports fan, the things that bug them or that they they like about about the uh, Oilers and the Eskimos or whatever else is going on. So we have a a texter, and he goes by the handle Bermuda Boy, and I'm always like, oh, okay, cool. Usually pretty intelligent texts. Likes the Oilers. And I I always knew, I wasn't sure if he lived in Bermuda, but I knew he didn't live in Edmonton. And then he emails me and he says, can I come on your show? And uh, I originally wrote back and I said, please don't ever email me again. But then then, (laughs) then he said, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm actually a normal person and I, I have a sports angle that's interesting. So I'm pleased to welcome into the studio. Bermuda boy himself, now I said your name properly uh, during the commercial, Leo Hall-Hofferth.
3: That's correct, yeah. Great job. Leo, it's great to
0: see you. Thanks a lot for coming
3: in. Yeah, happy to be here.
0: Happy to be here. Now, we're going to talk about the company you work for, which is Conduct, and it's K-I-N-D-U-C-T. And That's correct. And people can Google that, look on the website, because it, it is interesting stuff, and it, to me it's the, the cutting edge, it's the leading edge of where sports um, analysis and information gathering is going. I'll let you put it in your own words. Uh,
3: but first of all, uh, the Bermuda Boy handle that you've chosen on the text line. Why, why was that? So it's actually BDA Boy, which stands for Bermuda, Bermuda Boy. It's because I lived in Bermuda and my friends had kind of given me the the name BDA Boy when I was down there. And I've kind of carried it along and anything I kind of interact with, you know, people on email or, or online with, I kind of use the handle BDA Boy.
0: Okay, so you, you stuck with that. So I, I kind of was like, so I, I knew, I wasn't sure if you were in Bermuda, but I figured you're a a, a traveler. I was joking with you when you showed up with your family here that I thought maybe you were like a 22-year-old surfer or something like that. Uh, (laughs) um, So where do you live now? I live in Halifax. All right. So how, what is your experience in Halifax of of following the Oilers and maybe even Edmonton Sports in general? I know it's primarily Oilers you write in about,
3: but... Yeah, I'm a huge Oilers fan. Obviously, I lived in uh, Leduc uh, for the majority of my life. I was born in Saskatchewan. My dad was a welder, so we moved to... To, uh, uh, leduc and when the oil boom started and uh, i grew up there and met my uh, my uh, lovely wife in uh, at edmonton at the university of alberta and uh, had an opportunity to b- move to bermuda and i was still a huge Oilers fan and one of the first things we had to do was get an internet radio so we could listen to 630 chad and you know my wife can probably attest that's pretty pretty much the only channel i listen to even when i live in halifax is the edmonton station so uh, you know i've lived in bermuda and switzerland and the u.s and always listen to Oilers games and sometimes Sometimes it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I have to get up to listen to an Oilers game and then go to work. But well worth it as an Oilers fan to do that.
0: Well, that's awesome. I love those stories. And then we get emails from New Zealand, Australia, Hong Kong, Rob and I after games. So this is, I I love this experience because you realize how important the team is. And and it's a great way for the fans to to connect. Um, Okay, so in Halifax, how many games would would you just get the national games that are televised? You obviously aren't getting all 82
3: No, well, I I listen to all the games that I can online, but we would get uh, just a few of the national games, or we can get the center ice package as well. You could probably get all of them. uh, So who's the team of choice out there in the NHL? For people in Halifax? Yeah. Uh, It's Boston, Montreal, Toronto. Well, Boston. I guess Boston being that original six. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, are you uh, isolated as an Oilers fan? Hugely, just yeah. because of the time difference. Like, right. you know, the games start at ten thirty. Depending if they play in Vancouver, it's eleven thirty start, and a lot of people migrate to teams they can actually watch right. during regular hours. So that's why it's Boston, <laughs> Toronto, Detroit. You know, the East Coast teams. So when the Oilers go out east, it's a little more humane for you. Game yeah, start, it is <laughs> seven or eight. Yeah, <laughs> I guess eight yeah. probably because it's still another hour from the east. Yeah, yeah. Eight o'clock is probably the earliest you can get a game which is nice because it's done by 11, so it's reasonable.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, Leo Hall-Hofferth joining us in studio tonight. Uh, he's the Chief Technology Officer with Conduct, which we are we're going to talk about, but he's sharing his experience of uh, growing up in Leduc, his passion for the Oilers, and uh, his his world travels. And so now he's uh, stuck with the Oilers, even though he's lived in some areas not conducive to <laughs> to uh, to following the team. For sure. Oh, I, I gotta, is Halifax going to get this football team? Is that on the radar? There, I, I think they
3: will. Yeah, I, I honestly think they will. They've done a good job. I think they'll sell the season tickets they need to sell, and I think they're going to get the team. I got the interview LeBlanc. He's
0: he's pretty driven. He yeah. seems pretty focused. He used to own the Coyotes. They got to get. Is there a is there a logical spot for the stadium in Halifax?
3: I think they've got two sites selected. I think either one will work. One's kind of in Dartmouth, which is you know if you don't know anything about Halifax is across the the bridge, and then the other one's kind of just uh, outside the downtown. But I think either one of them will win. Right, or will work.
0: Right. That'd be nice to get the 10th team in the league, assuming that Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver are still in the league. But (laughs) by the time time we get out of... I'm being pessimistic. It's
3: Christmas time. I shouldn't be.
0: Okay, so... um what, so you lived in? You said you lived in Switzerland for a while.
3: Yeah, I lived in Switzerland for uh, just over two years, uh, and i was working for a re- uh, for an insurance uh, startup there. So a lot of my experiences in insurance, reinsurance, banking, and technology, I've always ran a technology team. Which, you know, obviously being part of Conduct is a huge uh, asset for me because I both love sports and I love technology, so I get to do both of those things day in day out. So it's just a pleasure to come to work. I got to ask you about life in Switzerland first, though. Um, um, is soccer number one sport? Uh, I guess you would say soccer is number one in Switzerland. I don't, I, I don't know what is the the best <laughs> sport in Switzerland. They because they do so much stuff. Right. I think mountain, errand would probably be the number one sport in Switzerland because everybody seems to either Skiing, ski or, yeah. or hiking or doing something in the outdoors. Is what, they're how such did, outdoor
0: people. How did you find the hockey culture there, and maybe just the knowledge of the game and the interest? because they have a national league as well.
3: Yeah, they do. We uh, we went. We didn't go to a game, but uh, the little town we lived in, Martigny, to start with, which is a really small town, actually had their own team. We didn't manage uh, to get to a game, but uh, we went to a rink a couple times and walked by and there seemed to be lots of people interested in in the league. So, and I did fall a little bit in the paper, but uh, not being a French-speaking person, it was a bit right. tough. <laughs> and was the NHL on the radar there, or did you have to find a hard? Court? No, you had to you had to dig to get information right. about the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting, because the
0: Swiss National League, I think, is one of the better ones cuz they it's they have a little more money there too right yeah, so they can absolutely. attract some of the players interesting stuff leo hall hoffert's joining us on inside sports so you're the chief technology officer with Conduct and again if people want to look into that k i n d u uh, c t so th- so this was you know you told me, you said you know check this stuff out so I was like okay this is pretty cool before we get into some of the details, give me the, give, me the, give me the who are you. Give me the sales pitch if you're knocking on my door <laughs> about Kinduck.
3: Well, the easiest way to relate what Kinduck does is is to relate to a movie called Moneyball. It kind of nice, started okay. it all off. It's all about sports and analytics. So in general, what Kinduck does is it's uh, an aggregator of data from any data source that you might want. And people would probably be amazed at what professional sports teams are tracking. Everything from sleep time uh to the amount of time that people are on ice how hard they're working out uh tracking stuff from a fitbit or from any other peripheral will ingest into the system and then the magic happens with the data and how we can garner insights from that data and let people make decisions and then visualize it into charts, graphs, and and stories that they can build from the data. Amazing. Okay, sorry, so is this all wearable technology or? It's any kind of information you want to put into the system. We actually have something we call form builder where you can actually send a report out to a player at night, get them to fill it out uh, on the system, and it goes in. It could be a quick questionnaire, or it can be all the way to something like a Fitbit or X Y Z data mm-hmm. that you would get from an, the NBA player that's wearing something that's tracking where they are in the court. So we can then derive some metrics from that to say, okay, well, the the load for this quarter was X Y or Z because we know how fast they're running or how slow they're running, how much they're jumping. And stuff like that.
0: Wow. Okay. So this this is this is where sports are headed. This is the integration of all the technology and little devices we have at our our, our disposal. This is this is pretty cool stuff. Now, um, and obviously there are NHL teams yep. involved. Teams from all all the big four in North America. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Um, so is this is this tech, and there are they wearing? devices during games have we gone that far already?
3: there are some leagues that wear some devices league. during games yes okay
0: and so then that information is gathered and and used internally with the teams as they see fit yeah and, and could this even be something like let, let's use basketball as an example because it's a, a very contained back and forth game it, would this even be something like okay this guy like, would you even track like shot data? Like he needs to shoot from this range as opposed to this range? Is that would that be on the board as well?
3: I uh, probably relate something that we've just been working on around that is around taking the XYZ data so the, the tracking of the player on the court and how much energy they're expending and predicting how likely they are to make their next shot. Okay so it's so a that's... bit of an energy gauge to say if they are at optimal performance, the odds of them making a three pointer might be you know one out of a six. If their energy gauge goes down it might be one out of 10 right. okay, so can this?
0: This is really interesting. So if, if a player's wearing a device during a game, can a team access that information in game that might be telling you something about his heart rate, energy, expenditure? Or is it all that you guys gathered the data and then provide it post game?
3: Right. I can't talk for the other systems out there, but ours right now is is mainly post game. Okay. But what we what we wanna do is to get into the in game stuff where actually like a coach is on bench app where they could look at the data that's streaming in use our algorithms on top of the data to make decisions okay I, I
0: i love this because and i appreciate that you're talking about this because i i a lot of teams will not want to talk about this specifically right because they're not going to say we hired whether it's you guys or whoever and they give us this this and this after each game and that's why this guy only played 3 minutes in the second period because we knew he needed a little more f- or or whatever right like nobody's going to reveal that but th- is this going on more than the average fan would think is that fair to say
3: uh, I, w- I would say every league since uh, since the show Muddy Ball is doing something. Every league, every team is doing something. Everybody does it in their own way. Uh, some teams do it uh, in greater detail because they may have more money, or right. or they you know <laughs> they want to invest in, in winning more than others because uh, they have more revenue to do that. You know, it's it depends. Okay, so as the
0: chief technology officer, are you actually in charge of?
3: what like the actual wearable devices the so we don't do anything wearable but we ingest the data but i'm in i'm in charge of everything technology product related so anything that touches our product uh i'm in charge of okay how long has conduct been around i think they're going into their eighth year right now okay Uh, They started mainly in the medical field and kind of found their way to sports and, and, you know, we really landed on what we think the future of KINDUCT is in reference to professional sports and tracking, you know, the analytics around sports. And we do see that there's a huge opportunity to go downstream just to the everyday athlete who wants to, you know, track their training and and really be on top of what they're doing.
0: Right, because this is really where it's going, right? Everybody gets instant or close to instant feedback on... Whatever they do, what did it do to my body? Did I reach my goal? Was should I do? I need a new goal. Do I need to step back on my
3: goal because I'm not feeling great? That's yeah. That's that whole universe, eh? Yeah, absolutely. And we see that you know, and you know, a um, bantam AAA player playing hockey in Halifax or Edmonton might be interested in tracking what they're doing, and they may want to compare themselves against. You know, a kid in Edmonton might want to track themselves against a the kid who's playing hockey at the same level himself in Halifax, and and see where he ranks on. Oh, many I metrics, see. So it's
0: really open. Up this world, then, where uh, a younger athlete could think, Am I maybe I'm elite in my town or city? But am I actually, if I want to get drafted into the WHL, whatever NHL someday, am I actually on par with some of these other top kids? Yeah,
3: and if you extrapolate it even further, if you can get longitudinal data, then you can say, Okay. You know, if we had that data from Sidney Crosby when he was 14, now I'm 14, how do I compare against Sidney Crosby when he was 14?
0: So we're not just comparing the goals and the assists, we're comparing... The like the athlete, the makeup of the the physical makeup of yes. the athlete.
3: Yeah, it's it's way more than the goals and assists. That's a, that's a byproduct. of yeah. it. it's all around the physical conditioning, how much they're sleeping, how much they're resting, what the physical load is on the athlete at any given time, one rep max. Like all all those things get taken into account. Wow, that's amazing. How, how many people work for Conduct? Uh, I think we're around seventy four right now. Yeah, so uh, a small company, but ready to take on the market and grow into the space that we're we're ready to attack.
0: And of course, we originally met on our text line. You go by BDA boy, Bermuda boy, because you did live there for a portion of your uh, well-traveled life and career. But you're back in Edmonton and Leduc for Christmas, which leads me to believe if it's not where your house is, it still feels like home. It's where my home is, where my heart is. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You you touched on something, and we we got into it a little bit during the commercial. I said we got to circle back to this, because you, you mentioned sleep and rest, and I think it pertains to your favorite hockey team, uh, with the Oilers travel um, early season to Europe, and then and then coming back through New York and Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, is is that, you know, something that that is? There's still a lot of information being gathered on that, and something maybe teams and athletes are still becoming increasingly aware of, or something your company's trying to make them aware of.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of the, the teams that we work with right now are trying to figure out what that secret sauce is to figure out how they can get their athlete on the ice or on the court at 100%. And, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. Obviously, travel's a big thing. You know, we as people who travel maybe two, three times a year uh, through one or two time zones don't think travel's a big deal. But, you know, for the Oilers who travel... You know, especially this year when overseas came back and they're traveling across, you know, North America two or three times, it puts a, a big burden on the body. And you know, they're expected to perform at the highest level. And people, you know, obviously on this show will call in and complain and yell about this guy not playing up to the level he should. But it's you know, it's it's a grind over 82 games to give your best performance. So people are finding ways to figure out how much their athletes sleeping, how much they're traveling, how much they're working in the game, how much they're working in practice and trying to manage and juggle all those contexts to make sure that when they get them on and ready for the game that they're going to be as close to 100% as they can.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, hockey, well, I think sports in general is the mentality if, has been for a long time, you take a day off, you're a wimp. Whereas you're saying, hold on a second here, we need to think differently about rest and maximizing performance. And I mean, if you, you listen to Rob and I after the game, and he often says... He rarely, if ever, played an NHL game where he felt at 100%. Right? Like the, a, a player's maximum effort isn't the same every single night. Mm-hmm. But you're saying you need to keep things in mind so it's a lot, at least closer to 100% more often.
3: Yeah, if, if you're tracking that stuff, you'll be able to to at least know that if your athlete's at 80% or 40% or 90%. In the past, you would just expect the player to play, and when they didn't perform well, you would, you know, scream and yell about why they didn't. Right. You know? So now there's a little more uh, thought going behind it. That's excellent stuff. Okay, i got to
0: ask you about actually living in Bermuda, too. How long were you there?
3: Five years. Uh, my wife can tell you the year's probably better than I can because I tend to forget the dates of stuff.
0: 2001, 2001 to 2006. So you never saw a snowflake or shovel. Not snow. in Bermuda. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but one interesting thing about Bermuda, just a connection back to sport, was they they had a, a ball hockey league there. Oh really? And I think it was two years ago. You could look it up. They held actually the the world ball hockey championships in Bermuda. Oh, I will have to check it yeah. that. out. that's amazing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I played ball hockey Wednesday nights. Uh, you know, out in the sun on a on a. Uh, patch of uh, pavement in the middle of Bermuda yeah it's, just, it's it just travels it's, the game of hockey travels everywhere yeah a lot of the guys that were playing were Canadian because there's a lot of oh. expat Canadians in Bermuda but yeah you could still uh, get your hockey and even living in Bermuda uh, so what? what was a cold day there Like you growing up in Leduc
0: must have felt like never.
3: Yeah, never. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you a funny story. So we arrived in December when we first moved there, and we went swimming the first couple days we were there. And we found it surprising at what, what might have been 67? Something like that? There was nobody in the water. For us... Like, you guys thought it was perfect, yeah. and everybody else is like, it's freezing. All the Haligonians, <laughs> if anybody's listening, that's a great day in the middle of July in Halifax. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, is,
0: is it Bermuda that's a relatively, like, narrow island? Yes, it's only mile, a and,
3: mile and a half wide by... Oh, geez, Five miles long or something, four and a half. Oh, okay. And it's shaped like a fish hook, too, so it's kind of... Right. But, yeah, easy to travel if you could drive fast, but you can only drive 30 kilometers an hour on the island. All right. It's quite con- congested. But
0: It'd be a great place for, like, I do a half marathon every summer. I guess you'd have to go back and forth a couple
3: of <laughs> times on the You'd want to start running in a sauna to get ready for that. Well, that's see, that's warm. the
0: thing, the humidity would, uh, did, was that a big adjustment for you? Yes, huge. That would uh, be number one like for 90, me. It's
3: like 92 to, to 100 almost every day. Yeah. Does every building have AC, though, at least? Yeah. You, and one of the things when you do work there is you always think it's warm out until you actually walk outside and realize you were in air conditioning all day. <laughs> and it just kind of hits you in the face how hot it is out and humid, so yeah.
0: Uh, are you able to go to the game tomorrow or just watch them? No, going? I guess I'll just be watching it, yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> call in or text in after if you're if you're up and you want to get in touch with Rob and me.
3: Oh, definitely, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully they can uh, take the lightning down. I think the lightning, what, 10 uh, or something?
0: They the certainly are 11. in their last 11, yes. Yeah, they're so. really good. <laughs> Leo
3: Hall-Hoffer, thanks
0: for coming in. And again, he's with Conduct, Conduct K com. Thanks for uh, shedding some light on that and sharing your experience as a uh, well-traveled Oilers fan. Great. Well, thanks for having me in, Reed. 6:30 tomorrow face-off show game at 8 Oilers and Lightning. I will talk to you then. 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6:30 Chad.